Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for turn number 927. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyismach at take10fortorah.org. So what I wanted to talk about today is the idea of brachos, blessings. Blessings are such an important part of the day-to-day rituals of a Jewish person. We know that there's an old tradition to make a hundred blessings a day. We've actually spoken about that in the past. But I want to talk about not the blessings that come after food, but specifically blessings that are in advance of the food that we eat. There are a lot of different categories of blessings, but we're going to limit it to this subject. And so the Gemara in Brachos, Daf Laman Hey Amad Aleph, talks about why it is that we make blessings on food. For example, as an evidence of such a practice, the Gemara says, hey, if we have to make a bracha after food, as we see in the Pasuk of Yechalta Visavata Uberachta, a Pasuk that we read in Sefer Devarim that says we're going to eat, we're going to be satisfied, and then we will bless. So if we're going to make a bracha when we are full, we should for sure make a bracha when we are about to eat, right? When we're hungry, we desperately need the food more. Now that reflects a certain understanding of what a bracha is all about. That bracha is about me really needing the food and offering gratitude for the food, and maybe gratitude when I'm hungry is more powerful than gratitude when I'm full. That's one idea the Gemara suggests. The Gemara has a whole conversation about exactly how to possibly prove this from different verses in the Torah, the Gemara concludes that it actually needs no proof at all. We learn the idea that brachos are made before food simply from what the Gemara calls svara. Svara means that it's just logic, and that logic is as follows. It is forbidden for a person to derive benefit from this world without a blessing. Why is that? Why is it forbidden? doesn't exactly say, but the Gemara elaborates. The Gemara says, And one who does benefit from this world without making a bracha first, it's as if they are mo'al. What does it mean to be mo'al? The prohibition of mi'ila, misappropriation. It is a person who is taking a consecrated object and using it for a purpose which it is not designated for. That is mi'ila. Alternatively, the Gemara suggests that uh, might be similar, something which is donated, something which is granted to the, uh, it's consecrated to the heavens, and I use it for some mundane thing. It's as if when I take a look at an apple, that apple is consecrated for really important things. And for me to use it and to take it without acknowledging where it's from, without making that bracha, I am misappropriating it. So what's interesting seems to be is that the important thing that that apple is created for is for me to make a bracha and have that acknowledgement about it. So the Gemara says uh, as well that it's uh, it's considered to be gozel, stealing from heaven, stealing from Knesset Yisrael, the Jewish people at large. Many explain it's because Knesset Yisrael will be punished from the fact that people are not appreciating the natural world and they're benefiting from it. And so you're not only stealing from heaven, but you're also taking from the Jews indirectly. And the Gemara says a few different things about uh, about this. How do we know that everything belongs to Hashem? It brings the Pasuk of Lashem Ha'aretz Umloa. To God is all of the land and all that fills it. But the Pasuk as well says, Ha'shamayim Shamayim Lashem Ha'aretz Nasan Levnei Adam. The land is given to man. While at the same time it says, Lashem Ha'aretz Umloa. The land is God's. How do we resolve this contradiction? Says the Gemara, Lo Kasha. It's not a Kasha. Kan Kodem Bracha. Before the bracha, it belongs to God. After the bracha, it's as if God signs a release 
of some sort and permits us to now use what was his. That's how we are granted this thing. Now, there's so much to talk about what we should be having in mind with brachos, how brachos have us monitor the whole world and all sorts of experiences when we make brachos before, all sorts of reactions and interactions with the world. But one of the interesting things the Gemara says here is my takante, what should a person do if they misappropriated or uh, unconsecrated something by not making a bracha, says the Gemara, Yelech Eitzel Chacham, don't go to a wise person. How is that going to help the Gemara wonders? My Ovid lay, you did something wrong. What's the Chacham going to do? Like confession? That's not what we do. You should go to a Chacham in the beginning, in the first place, and learn brachos kadesh lo yavoli demi'ila. It is an important area of study. It is an important thing to remember. And that's how we are meant to learn brachos, go to a chacham. It's a really important area of knowledge. And there's a gemara about how mili de brachos is one of the important things to become a chassid. There are other elements of the importance of brachos that we find here and again. Brachos are critical. But let's focus for the remaining five minutes on what brachos are meant to mean. Yes, everything belongs to God. The bracha permits me to use it. But is that it? How, is, it is it just a release? It's permission? Thank you very much. Like, what is, uh, how does this exchange, so to speak, work? Refresh understands, and he says this in the Varim, on the bracha, of the, on the pasuk, of Yechalta v'savata ubirachta. He says, the bracha said before partaking of any pleasure, expresses the resolution that we will employ any renewed vital energy gained from this pleasure to serve God's purposes. Right? So, so listen to what he's saying. He's saying that when something is there to get pleasure, enjoyment, then vigor from, that goal, it's really for us to be doing God's purposes. What are those purposes? It's not just prayer. It's not just study. It's all the types of appropriate behavior that Judaism informs us to do. Now, that's what the apple or the orange is for. For me to acknowledge that, acknowledges that I'm going to use the apple and orange for the right reason. That right reason makes me uh, safe from any sort of me'ila, from misappropriation. And he concludes, only if we make this resolution are we worthy of enjoying that pleasure. We're supposed to acknowledge that everything is there for my, um, my, uh, my benefit, my focus, uh, my energy, so that I can do the right thing. That's how he understands we're supposed to be thinking when we make a bracha. This was made to give me energy to focus me on doing the right things. Rav Shimshon Pinkus has a beautiful metaphor. He says, you know, when a person goes to a supermarket and a person buys uh, food, you got to pay. But if you get invited to the owner of the supermarket's home, so then you could eat exactly the same thing, literally from that supermarket, but you don't pay a thing. So he says the same thing with brachos. The way the world works, if you want things... You have to pay. Now, I'm not sure what currency you pay in, but you would have to pay. God has, and you want to take, you must give something in return to barter. But if you develop a relationship with God, if you were, so to speak, invited to God's home, you make the bracha, you have relatability, you're connective with God. You can eat from the heavenly table. You don't need whatever it is that all that goodness costs. You don't need to pay. You're invited back home to be able to enjoy it along with the Balhabas. It's a beautiful idea of how we avoid the bill by making the bracha, developing a, a connected relationship, and therefore avoid going to the store in the first place. The uh, Kuzari 
heightens, uh, talks about the heightening of the uh, physical gain, the enjoyment of the physical gain. We're cognizant of what's happening when we enjoy the bracha. We, we think about uh, the fact when something sustains us, theoretically, we could be unsustained. It, it really puts us in a moment and makes us mindful of the benefit that we are getting from the thing that we're eating. It really prepares us for fully enjoying the experience of eating the food or whatever it is that we're doing. Uh, Rev- Volby talks about how how do we see God in the world? He says, When we pick up apples and oranges and fruit and kugel and all the different things we do, we constantly develop an awareness for God's involvement in creation. Of course, to focus on these brachos, not just to mumble them, but to really see God around us. That's the goal of brachos. Rabbi Nebachia talks about how bracha, the word baruch, refers to the source of blessing, the, the stream that God opens up the stream of blessing that God brings to the world, and how bracha triggers that stream. There's a flow of divine blessing when we acknowledge that divine blessing, and we create that, we cause that to happen when we understand the purposefulness of everything that we use and where it is from. Finally, the Zohar and uh, other Kabbalistics from the Arizal, Chaim Volozhin, even in Ruach Chaim, talk about this incredible spiritual energy that comes from food. Of course, there's a physical energy, but there's a spiritual energy as well, which is highlighted in every food, which is only tapped into when we make a bracha and acknowledge the spiritual divinity in all foods. The source of all foods being God's uh, particular purpose of the of creation. Of course, there's there's the calories, and of course, there's the you know metabolic effects that food has on us. But we are able to awaken the spiritual energy that we need for our souls when we are acknowledging the brachos. Altogether, brachos make sense. We are going to have to talk about in the future. What about the bracha after food? Brachos before food, sure, it puts us in the right mindset. It brings up all of these important ideas. But why after? But that's for another time. Have a great day.